Oh man, well, it's fantastic to be here. Brilliant. Right. There's a story told about a woman in England who answered her door during a heavy rainstorm. A wet, rain-soaked lady stood outside in the downpour and said, Pardon me, madam, the wind and rain have completely done me in, and I forgot to take an umbrella. I was wondering if I might borrow one. I'll return it, of course, tomorrow. Now, who is this stranger who stands and asks for an umbrella? The lady of the house thought. And how do I know she'll bring it back? The lady of the house then reached for an older umbrella behind the door with broken spines. She thought, even if this person doesn't return it, I wouldn't have lost much. So she hands it to the stranger, feeling proud of her clever decision. The next day, a fine carriage approached the house and stopped in front. And a footman came up to the door and politely knocked. Pardon, madam, the queen wishes to express her thanks for your kindness of yesterday, he said, as he handed her the borrowed umbrella. Oh, she thought, here was the queen, and I gave her less than the best I had. We're going to take a look at the book of Malachi this morning, um, and we're going to be focusing on chapter one. Uh, Malachi is, is the last book in the Old Testament. And he's a minor prophet. Now, when I say minor prophet, I don't mean he didn't have so much to say or so much good stuff to say. It's just a shorter book. Malachi helps, helps us to check our relationship with God. Do we believe he loves us? Does he have our wholehearted love and obedience? Or are we just going through the motions? During the time of Malachi, we see the priests are leading the people badly. They're offering dodgy sacrifices to God. And the people are not giving God their all. So let's look at the passage now. It's Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 to 14. A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you priests who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, well, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Now plead with God to be gracious to us. With such offerings from your hands, will he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors, so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations, from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me, because my name will be great among the nations 
says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying the Lord's table is defiled and its food is contemptible. And you say, what a burden. And you sniff at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lame, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. So we're going to be looking at three major points this morning. The first one, how did the priests offend God with their giving? Second point, how do we offend God with our giving? And the third point, how can we please God with our giving? So the first point, how did the priests offend God with their giving? Picture this. It's time for the priests to sacrifice an animal to God. All right? This is a big thing. This is, this is a massive thing. Now, everyone's got all their jobs to do. And um, the priests know their job is to go out and find a sheep. Not just any sheep. The sheep. All right? So off they go to Bob's Bargain Basement. And they see it. It's the perfect sheep. I mean, it's perfect. It's got three legs, one eye, and he's called Lucky. The priests at this point say, bingo, we found him. We found him. We've got the perfect sheep. They pay for him, and they say, take him back. Let's sacrifice this sheep to God. At this point, God speaks out and says, what are you doing? And the priests say, well, we've, we've got our sheep, and we've come to sacrifice it. We thought you'd be happy with this sacrifice. And God says, you have sheep that are in perfect condition. Yet you come to me and offer me this sheep, which is barely alive. If you went to your governor and tried to give this sheep to your governor, would he accept it? No, he wouldn't. Yet you try to give me this blemished sheep. In Levi, uh, Leviticus, not Levi, Leviticus chapter 22, verse 22, it says, Do not offer to the Lord the blind, the injured, or the maimed, or anything with warts or festering or running sores. Do not place any of these on the altar as a food offering presented to the Lord. Now, I think the priests probably knew what they were doing. Maybe they were lazy. Maybe they were complacent. Maybe they just didn't want to give God the best. Their best. Maybe um, it was a bit of a routine. You know, day after day, sacrificing, sacrificing, sacrificing. In the end, maybe it was just, oh, God, just have, just have this sheep. Just have this sacrifice. But it's clear that their attitude toward God was wrong. Sometimes we all can fall into routine. I know I can. I'm guessing probably some of you guys can. It's so easy. Let's take worship, for instance. When we come to church and worship to God, I love it. 
I love it. I think it's a superb way to be able to just express our love to God. But how easy is it to come to church and think, that's worship again. Here we go. Another song. And another song. We sung that one last week. And and it's almost like a routine. What about when we read the Bible at home? How many times do we read the Bible and get to a bit which we've all read before? And then we say, I've read this so many times. Can God really speak to me again in this? And we almost just read it. It's almost like a tick list. Okay, I'm on this bit. Read it through quickly. Tick it off. And move on to what we really want to be doing. Maybe the priest just got caught up in a bit of routine and complacency. And offering the best of God wasn't as important as it used to be. So my second point, how do we offend God with our giving today? What does it mean when we don't give God our best? I believe God wants us to give him the best we've got, the best we have, not the leftovers. Okay, now the priests gave God their leftovers, and we can also give God our leftovers. Now, I brought a bit of chicken with me today, all right? It's not that I'm hungry, it's just that um, it's an illustration, and uh, yeah, here we go. So I've Real chicken. Okay? Now, you've got to go with me on this one. Okay? This chicken represents our finances. Okay? This chicken represents our finances. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for your provision. Okay? For my finances. But I've got to pay my mortgage. Yeah? Okay. All right? Got to pay my mortgage. Mm. What about my car insurance? Got to pay my car insurance. Okay? All right. Right. What about um, Sky TV? That's important. So, mm, you pay for that. What about um, eating out? Eating out's good. Yeah? Mm. Going to the cinema. That's got to be sorted as well, right? Okay. What about saving up for your... (laughs) What about saving up for your pension? Put a bit of money aside for your pension, right? Okay. And it goes on and on. Hang on. Okay. Right? It's almost like you're taking out all of the things that you really want, okay? And you hold up what's left and you say, here, Lord. Right? And we almost have a crazy thought that God's going to run up to that and say, wow, there's still meat left on this. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. I won't leave this on the keyboard, by the way. I'll put it back there. <laughs> I won't see you on <laughs> Um, it's almost like we're saying let's live how we want and if we've got anything left we'll give it to God we all do it with our time 
Yeah, we spend loads of time with our families, with with work, with entertainment, and these things aren't bad. These things aren't bad. But at the end of the day, we come to God, maybe say a two-minute prayer. And then we almost think, wow, God's probably thinking, yes, I get to spend two minutes with my son or my daughter. But this is what the priests did. They brought their crippled animals to God. And God's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You wouldn't even give this to another human being, yet you're bringing it to me? We see in verse 10, it says, God is saying, oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. I'd rather you don't show up than offer me stuff like this. God's saying, just shut the doors and lock it. Malachi 1 verse 11, my name will be great among the nations. From where the sun rises to where it sets, in every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me. Because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. So we can see from this passage that God is hurt by the way that the priests are dishonoring his name. By offering their leftovers to God. But God's like, there are plenty of people that want to worship me. You know, in other countries right now, there are people who are going through torture and being killed for what they stand for, for me. Do they, do they say at that point, uh, it's not for me anymore? No, they, they, they hold true. They stand strong. That, to me, is true worship. God is at that point saying, for them, this to me is their worship. And yet many of us can come into church and our attitude could be, well, it's an hour and a half and the bands, they're pretty good today. Hopefully they'll play a few of our goods, the best songs. And, oh, and the preachers, he's funny, so it's all good. And God's saying, you know what? Don't even bother. I don't want to go through the motions. There's only one person that I want to please, and that's God. And I want him to be happy with what I offer. But it's not just about offering God anything. If we look back at Cain and Abel, Abel gave God the firstborn of his flock. He gave God the best. Cain, on the other hand, gave a sacrifice of fruit and veg. Now, maybe, maybe the fruit and veg wasn't that good. Maybe, possibly, Cain kept the best, best back for himself. But the issue here is the matter of the heart. When we give God our leftovers, what are we really saying? Who do we see as number one when we do that? Do we see God as number one? Or do we see ourselves as number one? 
I believe we've got to get out of the mindset that says that God will accept anything. I don't believe that's true. So why was God pleased with Abel's offering and not Cain's? I believe it's obedience. God wants us to be obedient in every single area of our lives. Every area of our lives. And we mustn't forget who we're serving. We're serving the king above all kings. The one true God. God of all creation. And I know, I know how easy it is to fall into a routine. Come to church, hear a few songs, sing a few songs, listen to the sermon, meet with your friends, go home. I, I know how, how easy it is to fall into a routine. But when we get a picture of who God is, how big he is, how amazing he is. Surely that's not going to be a mundane experience anymore, is it? Surely it's like, I know who I'm coming to worship. I know who God is. I see how big he is. I just want to worship him. I want to give him my best. I want to give him my best. My third point, how can we please God with what we offer him? In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 9, it says, So we make it our goal to please him. Whether we're at home in the body or away from it. And Romans 12, 1 to 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Now we know that it's not by our works. It's not by our works. It's all by God's grace. We know that we know when Jesus died for us, he did it. There's nothing more we can do to that. But where we go from there is in our lives, our daily lives, we give God the best. We give him the best. When we come into church, we're coming into the presence of the one true God. But again, not only in church. Let it be um, Let it be a daily thing in our lives. The minute we wake up in the morning, let our hearts be, I want to give God my all. I want to live for you, God. One desire that we should have is that we want God to be happy with what we offer. We want to please him. It says in Ephesians 5.10, we are to find out what pleases the Lord. Imagine you buy an expensive present for your friend's birthday. That friend may take it and forget to thank you for it, running off to enjoy it, never acknowledging its worth or value. Week after week, you see this friend fully enjoying the gift. And even hearing great comments made to others about it. But never once giving credit to you for thinking of it. Or spending time and money to obtain it. 
Only if something goes wrong or breaks do you hear about it at all. This is often how we treat God. We forget his gifts. We forget his grace. We forget the sacrifice of Jesus dying for us. And some of us, grudgingly, give a little time from our busy lives and consider it sufficient to attend on Sunday. And then maybe we feel we've done our duty or do a few good deeds in the week to make us feel like Christians. Are we really giving God our best? Am I really giving God my best? You know, maybe we used to. And when you first become Christians, everything's fresh, isn't it, and exciting. And it's, it's easy, maybe easier to give God your best then. You want to you wanna wash, you want to read the Bible, you want to just do everything. And then maybe over time, like the priests, after sacrificing again and again and again, it becomes a bit of a routine. And how easy we can all, all also fall into that routine. You know, and what we need is God's Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and to relight that fire within us. To put that new passion within us. So that it causes us to give God our best. When we spend time in God's presence, I believe we see what God is looking for, and that's a personal relationship with us, a daily relationship with us. So when the Lord stands before us, we don't want to be like the English lady in the story who kept her best umbrella hidden for her own use, not realizing she was in the company of the queen. Guys, if you were about to preach on a Sunday morning and you heard that Francis Chan was going to be in church. Now, you would spend a lot of time with the Lord just saying, Lord, please give me what's on your heart. You would want the best PowerPoints. You'd want the best YouTube clips. You would just want to preach that word. Or if you're a worship leader and you're about to lead worship and you find Matt Redman is sitting in the front row. Again, the preparation you put in. You'd want to make sure you get it right, that it's, it's all from God, that God gives you the best songs, that God just lays it all on your heart, that it's all spirit-led. But Jesus watches all we do. And Jesus hears all we say. And if we were prepared to go an extra mile for Francis Chan or Matt Redmond, how much more for Jesus? Do we give God the best of our time? When I say do we, I mean literally all of us, you know, myself. Do we give God the best of our time? Do we give God the best of our finances? Do we give God the best in how we live for him? Do we give God our best? And like I said before, I understand how when you first become a Christian, you're, you're so passionate. And you just want to do everything. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, we fall 
sometimes into complacency and into routine. And I believe God wants the very best for each of us.